Hello and welcome to the Church Doctor Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Ball, and I am so happy that you have decided to tune in to today's podcast uh, where we're going to kind of begin to talk about preaching the the Bible, preaching a sermon. And uh, I think anytime you talk about that, you really have to begin to start with preparation and study of the Bible. But before you do that, before we get into all these details, uh, if you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact us via email at the church doctor podcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website page at, at the same name, the church doctor podcast on Facebook. You can like our page and anytime a new podcast pops up, you can be able to um, tune in or you can ask questions. Uh, we'll have polls. In fact, I'll, I'll put up a poll here at the end of this podcast on the, uh, on the Facebook page. And uh, I have uh, some interesting, an interesting thing that I would like for you to comment on, and you'll find out that here in a moment. And so that's how you can get a hold of me if you'd like to suggest uh, maybe future topics, or if you have a question, or if you need uh, consulting in your ministry. I also do uh, church consulting, and I would be more than happy to, to be that extra set of ears and eyes in your church to help you just fine-tune things, or if there's major issues, we can work on those things as well. So let's get started in today's podcast. Now, today's kind of going to be an overview, okay? We're going to talk about probably several different subjects uh, or, you know, several different things that we will talk about as it as it pertains to sermon prep and as it pertains, as it pertains to studying the Scriptures. And so I think the first thing that we need to talk about, whenever you're talking about studying the Bible, whenever you're talking about preaching the Bible, uh, the question is this, and I think this is going to be the poll that I put up on Facebook. Who controls the meaning of the biblical text? Who controls the meaning of the biblical text? And the answer to that question will determine how much study that you put into your sermon. Because if you believe that the original author controls the meaning of the text, so the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle John, if they control the meaning of what they wrote, and they wrote things for a specific reason, for a specific issue, and they control the meaning, then we have to really get to that meaning. So that means we have to really put in our study. And actually, I think the the actual word would be uh, exegesis. We have to do good exegesis in order to figure out the authorial intent Okay, so that, those are that's a that's a big theological term there, authorial intent. So if you believe that the original author controls the meaning, then you want to get to his flow of thought. You want to get to that authorial intent of the passage. Why was he? Why was he wanting to communicate? What was the truth that he was communicating? And that takes work. It takes study. It takes skills, and and this is what the church the church doctor podcast is all about is is helping people gain those skills through these podcasts. Now there is another option for uh, for your philosophy of hermeneutics, and that is that there's is what's called reader response, and so that is that the reader determines the meaning of the text. So not the author, but but the the reader us as we read the text, we give that text meaning. So we ascribe meaning. We don't take up the meaning. We ascribe meaning. And so in that sense, um, you have a conservative hermeneutics, and that is that is that the, the original author controls the meaning. And then you have a liberal hermeneutic, 
And that is, look, the reader determines the meaning. Who cares what Paul says? Who cares what Paul meant? What, what's important for us today is what it means to us today, not what it meant in Paul's day. And so so if, if that's your stance, then you're not going to spend too much time looking at historical context. You're not going to look too much time into looking into cultural uh, issues because to you, none of that matters. If you ascribe to the more liberal hermeneutic, which is reader response, what matters is what you say it means. And to me personally, uh, I am more of the conservative view. And I think once you go down that slippery slope of, hey, you know what? The Bible means whatever whatever it means. Whatever you think it means, that's what it means. Well, in, in that sense, it means nothing to anybody. If there is no clear uh, meaning of the Scripture, then there's no meaning. Because if I can ascribe to it a meaning of whatever I want, why do I even need the Bible? Why do I even need the Scriptures? It, it makes no sense uh, theologically to have that sort of hermeneutical um, uh, philosophy, but there are a lot of churches that are mainline uh, that have that, and they're your older dinosaur type of, of um, uh, um, denominations. That's what I'm looking for, denominations. And, uh, you know, they have that more of a liberal postmodern view of the scriptures to where we ascribe meaning to it. We don't take meaning from it. And uh, to me, that just you know, if it just that breeds a lot of uh, chance for error and and uh, heresy, and I would uh, shy away from the from that genre. So, from a conservative standpoint, the author, the original author, controls the meaning. Now, if that's where we stand, when we want to preach the word of God, we got to make sure that we get to that underlying truth, that we get to that that interpretation of what Paul was actually trying to communicate. And the reason that that is uh, important is because, you know, when we can understand the thrust of the passage, we can understand what Paul was truly saying. That's the truth that we can apply to our lives. That is the truth we preach. That is the truth that we change people's lives with. It's it's that truth, not not our opinion. Listen, our opinion about what the Bible says is is meaningless. It has no power to change anything. My opinion about the Bible and what I think it means means nothing. But we have to do the work to get what does the Bible mean. And here's the rule of thumb uh, as you begin to learn hermeneutics uh, at a higher level is the Bible has one meaning but several applications. And so that's a rule of thumb you have to keep in the back of your mind. The Bible has one meaning. So it, it's not a smorgasbord of meanings. And I know sometimes in small groups you kind of go around and say, well, you know, here's what it means to me, and here's what it means to, to you, and here's what. But in and, and essence, what we're really saying is this how it applies to our lives. But the Bible has one meaning. Any pericope, and I want you to get used to that term, pericope, that means just a preaching portion. So if you're, say you're, uh, teaching uh, and preaching out of the book of Galatians, Galatians uh, 1, 1 through 10. That's called a pericope of Scripture. It's just that you're preaching portion of Scripture. And um, and so getting that truth out of that pericope of Scripture, and, and every pericope has a central thrust, has a thrust, and it's up to us to do the work to get to that main theological, I think um, uh, Haddon Robinson calls it the big idea. Right, and we're going to talk about how to get to the big idea in a, in a in a later podcast. But so you, the question may come is, Pastor, how do we how do we get to that truth? How do we how do we discover that big idea? 
Well, there is a process that one goes through, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about the process in this podcast. Uh, the process is called exegesis. Now, exegesis is the practice of the principles of hermeneutics. So you say, well, what's hermeneutics? Well, hermeneutics has a technical meaning and it has a working meaning. So the technical meaning is this. Hermeneutics is the science and the art of interpreting Scripture. The science and the art of interpreting Scripture. And that's what we do as as conservative uh, hermeneutic uh, uh, exegetes, is, is we interpret the Bible. So... For years in my own personal ministry, before I went to seminary, what I did is I read the Bible to the congregation, and that began immediately went right to the application. What I didn't do was interpret what was being said. And you may say, Pastor, it's, it's plain. I mean, what is it to interpret? The Bible is is plain. In fact, a theological term is perspicuity. The Bible has a lot of perspicuity, a lot of clarity. Why do we need to interpret? Well, because the Bible is a ancient document from the Middle East that was written in a different language other than English and a different culture other than the Western culture. And uh, so when we open up the Bible and we begin to read, we are actually going cross-cultural. And uh, anytime that you go into another culture, you have to interpret things. So there's there's certain sayings that that may look cut and dry on the outside, but once you begin to ask these interpretive questions, like why did why did uh, Matthew include this story in between these two stories? Okay, that's a, a discourse analysis. You know why? You know why was this phrase used? You know, there's a lot of idioms used in the Greek, and we, but if you're not learned in that area, you don't know that's an idiom. We have a lot of English idioms, you know, that if someone from our culture didn't know the idioms, they would try to interpret that literally, right? You know, so like, um, oh man, that woman's the apple of my eye. That is an idiom. And what does that mean? Is she literally the apple in my eye? No, it just means that she has my full attention. I value her very much. And so there's things in the Bible that are idioms, Jewish idioms, Greek idioms, that if we don't know, we're going to try and interpret those things literally when really they're idioms that are to be interpreted figuratively. And so there's, there's a lot of things going on. So hermeneutics, what is hermeneutics? Is the science and the art of interpreting Scripture. And really what it is, a work, more working definition is, it, uh, hermeneutics is a whole menu of options and tools to come to the original meaning of the biblical text. So these are all, the hermeneutics is a list of, of really tools at your disposal to get to the authorial intent of a passage. You say, well, what, you know, what are some of the issues in hermeneutics? And I'm just going to cover just a few without boring you in this podcast that we can dig into more later. Uh, things like genre. You know, do you want to pay attention to what genre you're, you're preaching out of? Well, why does that make a difference? What genre? What do you mean by genre? Well, the Bible has several different genres, right? So if you read the the book of uh, out of the book of Psalms, that's more of poetry. That poetry is a genre, and 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 poetry is written in a different way, and it's supposed to communicate in a different way than the didactic literature, right? The the letters of the New Testament, the book of Romans and Galatians and Philippians, those are two different writing styles. So when you're interpreting poetry, you wouldn't use the 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 the, the rules for interpreting didactic literature, you would use the rules to interpreting poetry. In hermeneutics, you have those rules for every genre. Every genre has certain rules that you can apply to interpret it. So you, you know, so in poetry, you're looking more at the picture being painted, right? 
you're looking more at parallelism. So in, in poetry, you have what's called parallelism, right? So you have the first line, the top line, and then a line underneath it. And that line underneath it either further clarifies the first line or it, it, it tells something it's antithetical to the first line. It says something opposite. And so you have to really pay attention and look at what the author was doing within that passage. And what picture is he painting when you're when you're interpreting poetry? Now, when you're interpreting, let's say the book of uh, the book of Romans or the book of Galatians, you look at it differently. Paul wasn't painting a picture like they was like they were in poetry and and the Psalms. Paul is straight out teaching, and he's giving you principle after principle. And so there, it's it's nice to to do something called structural analysis to structure that passage and see Paul's flow of thought, and you can do that. And that's something that we can go over at a later date on how to do it. Because that structural diagram becomes your, your sermon outline. It becomes point one, point two, point three, and And you'd be surprised that when you study the Bible and you kind of phrase it out you know, in, in the Greek, and you can, you can also do it in English, but maybe not as well. You can phrase it out. You can structurally diagram it. It's, it's amazing how a sermon just comes together, one, two, three, and then your subpoints. And, you know, and all that makes your big idea. You know, I mean, it really becomes, you know, hand in glove. But, you know, learning the genre, learning the literary context, okay? And we talked about pericope of scriptures. There's, certain, there's different levels uh, of literary context. So if you're studying, let's say, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, 1 through 5, uh, what was the pericope being taught right before at, at the end of chapter 2? What's being taught after that pericope? So how does this passage fit into that context? You know, if you if you lift a, a passage out of context and it doesn't make any sense uh, with what was saying before and what was said after, then you're doing a great disjustice to the Scriptures. That pericope of Scripture needs to agree with what was being said before it and what's being said uh, after it. And, and another layer outside of the immediate pericopes around it is the book. Okay, how does this text uh, fit into the whole book? Outside of the book, you go another level out. How does this pericope of Scripture agree with the whole totality of the New Testament? Or if you're preaching out of the Old Testament, the Old Testament. Or, and then the, the, the broadest look is how does this pericope of Scripture agree with the whole totality of the Bible, both Testaments? And so those are kind of the levels of literary context. You want to look at historical context, and this is just basic information that you can find really in any study Bible. Who wrote the letter? Where was the letter written to? Uh, who was the original recipients? What was the political situation? What was the cultural situation? These things all help us get to what the author was thinking, that authorial intent. And without this information, then it's, it's a lot of guesswork. And, well, I think Paul was communicating this. Well, no, I think he was communicating. But when you look at all of these different contexts and, and clues, you can really have a good idea. Another one, if you, if you are trained for it, you can do grammatical issues. So you can look at the structure of the verse in the original languages. And the reason that's important, let's just take Greek, for example. You'll notice in the, if you took uh, language in school, uh, Greek language, say you went to seminary, if some of you listening may have been to, uh, you understand that uh, Paul and all the authors put in the, at the beginning of a verse those things that were important. And so anything important, they stressed at the beginning, and then anything that was less important, they kind of left to the end. So knowing that, you can get Paul's flow of thought by looking at the beginning of each 
uh, pericope or beginning of each verse, and you can you can see what Paul was doing and the things that he's stressing. There's verbs you can look at, the tenses of the verbs, how they're being used, textual criticism, word studies, prepositions, conjunctions, all those things goes into uh, this study of grammatical issues. And I know some of you are thinking, man, I wasn't good in school with grammar. Well, you know what? I wasn't either. But when God saved me and I, and I felt that call to preach, he totally changed my desires. And, you know, and I'm a book word, I'm a book nerd now, but I wasn't in school. And so, so hermeneutics is all, is this whole menu of options. Exegesis is when you apply those options. That's what, that's what it means when you're doing exegesis. You're applying those options of hermeneutics to your passage. And what you want to do then is you want to get to that big idea, that theological thrust. What was Paul trying to say here? What was Paul doing with this text? What what was what's the purpose? And that's really the that's that's really what we're striving to get at through all of this study. And um, if you can get to that big idea, if you can get to that thrust, then putting together a sermon becomes a lot more easier. What generally happens if you don't work for that that big idea? You do what's called buckshotting. So you you kind of put together a bunch of truths that appear to be unrelated, and you just throw them at the audience and hope and hope one sticks. But when you can get to that big idea, when you can get to that one single truth, it's it's more like a rifle shot, like a straight bullet shot, not a not a buckshot with several BBs going out. But you'll have a straight bullet, a straight uh, line of meaning and when you're as a listener you can it, it takes out the guesswork and it takes out the chaos of listening to you because you have one truth that you're trying to teach and one truth only and people will walk out with that one truth if you just throw out a bunch of truths they may walk out with nothing because you know our brains burn energy to try and understand and when we think that our brains are working too hard guess what happens we just tune out we tune completely out and we, our mind drifts into what we're having for supper after church or, you know, this issue, that issue. We're not listening to the preacher because he's making us work too hard to understand. That's why we want to get to that big idea, that one single truth for that pericope of Scripture. You prove it with the points, and then you put subpoints in to prove your points. You add, you add illustrations, applications, transitional sentences to your sermon, and boom, it's something that is coherent, it's structured, and it's effective. And so we're going to be doing that here over the next several podcasts. We'll, we'll kind of break down each step of the, of the, of the cycle here and uh, as far as sermon prep. But uh, So I hope I caused you to think a little bit about what's going to be involved in preparing to preach. And when I'm talking about preparing, I'm talking about studying the text. And uh, we'll, get, we'll get more into each uh, individual step as we go on. So thank you for tuning in. If you think someone else could benefit from this uh, podcast, share it with them and uh, subscribe to it. And uh, every time I come up with one, you'll get notified and, uh, and you can learn and enjoy them. So thank you and may God bless you.